0: Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas They added bacon to their bacon Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza Use promo code 2 Donato's Every piece is important You're listening to Black
1: Girl Blueprint Because black girls did it first And honestly, better Period Period (laughs)
2: <laughs> hi everyone and welcome to black girl blueprint your fave podcast for all the gen z black girl tea my name's
1: lauren and my name is mckeen and thanks y'all for tuning in today's episode so we have a really dope conversation <laughs> i'm actually so excited for this because we are getting into all the tea about the beauty industry and societal beauty standards and like what it's like to be a beauty guru and a college student and like all of the hats that you wear. So we would like to welcome our special guest, Lauren Brown, AKA Raggedy Royal with us today for a really dope conversation. And it's about to be like elementary school because we got two Laurens. We have Lauren we R and do. Lauren B. So
3: I'm <laughs> if you hear that. me say that,
1: get used to it. So <laughs> thanks for being with us today. Lauren, how mm-hmm.
3: are you? Hello, oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm good. How are you guys? We're good.
2: We're so happy to have you. We're such huge stands, honestly. Like we were just watching your, was it the crush on you video right before mm-hmm. this? And we were like, oh my gosh, she is so cool. We love her.
1: <laughs> but yeah. We're like, we hope she don't show up with her face B because we look crush. We did say <laughs> that. We were like, we just got I, did it I did it
2: today. I <laughs> didn't <laughs> But yes, we're so,
3: so happy to have you. Do you want to introduce yourself? Let the people know a little bit more about you. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, um, I'm Lauren Brown. I'm a 19-year-old marketing student at Howard and beauty influencer and content creator. She has a whole spiel. I love that. For real. (laughs) I I need one of them.
1: (laughs) Thank you for that, Lauren. We're so happy to have you. And Mm -hmm. before we get into it, we're just going to move to our little Read the Room segment
2: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm what are we talking about today how about you set the
1: stage yes so for today's read the room for anyone who doesn't know we open each episode with this we chat about any tea that's happening in our personal lives in the world any tea that listeners send in so today Mm -hmm. we're actually going to be reading ourselves and particularly (laughs) our middle school selves and talking about all of the like cringy things that still haunt us to this day like I don't know about Mm y'all but whenever I see like those emoji leggings I give flashbacks like war flashbacks I cannot believe I ever put them on so to kick it off we're first before we get to the style cringe we're going to talk about our childhood crushes and Lauren and I were yeah. talking earlier this week about like how we both had one direction phases which we both I don't know if we had we one but a mess so a, whole a mess,
2: mess. mess. <laughs> Harry Styles we love that also something let's expose McKean I I love exposing McKean but I don't know about you, Lauren, but I had a huge like mindless behavior phase. I had a big what was the other Diggy, Jacob Lattimore, all of them. McKean has never heard a mindless behavior song before. She knows absolutely nothing about look at her face exactly
1: exposed.
2: She didn't sing <laughs> a single song. Didn't know anything. <laughs> so Lauren, who were your, your crushes, your middle school? I don't know, who were you fangirling over back in the
3: day? you know I never went through the middle school stand phase which yeah I know I skipped that I didn't even have
1: powerful
3: I was (laughs) not a directioner I was never a mindless behavior girl oh my Um, gosh yeah I did like one person I can't remember I think it was Master P's younger son I can't remember his name I know yeah I (laughs) like him for a (laughs) second but I just never really had the stand phase I just I couldn't get into it. Wow. I twilight know, sh- either. You know what everybody was doing with Twilight? I, I, I didn't like that. Either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, twilight you know, was never for me.
1: That's powerful. <laughs> that explains a lot. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Maybe.
2: Damn.
1: For, okay. Well for me, my One Direction phase, One Direction obviously was my main. Zayn and Harry were my top two. And the other ones like, you know, I, I stand them because like I had to, but like low-key when Zayn left I was like okay this is perfect because now I don't have to pick my two favorites like I can like both of y'all separately um Mm -hmm. I also was obsessed with like you know all the Disney boys Zac Efron (laughs) even Corbin Bleu was up there for me so that was interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) how about you have anyone more in beyond Miles Behavior and Wendy?
2: Those were my main ones honestly um Corbin Bleu I had a Justin Bieber phase not not proud of it but I I did have a. (laughs) You were a believer. Believer is a stretch I feel like that is a very <laughs> a, a, a big thing but I thought he was cute I also thought he was cute like during his like one less lonely girl face I was like oh my gosh he's singing to be like Debbie I Ryan it's like oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> before
1: it but yeah those were, those were my main main boys I think another thing we can like definitely roast ourselves for in middle school like we've mentioned in the beginning is the trends the style trends the way that my mm-hmm. eyebrows were like non-existent for a whole three years, the I don't know those high-low, that high-low phase in time. Do you guys remember that? Uh... A <laughs> oh, mess. What? What is like one trend, Lauren? Lauren B. <laughs> that you like think about and you're like, damn, I cannot believe I did that.
3: Well, okay, it wasn't a trend, but it was something that I did. So from Middle school up until, like, my freshman year of high school, I wore bows every day to school. So, like, big bows every single uh-uh. day. Bow, like, I would have a bow in the car just in case I forgot a bow. Like, that was just my thing. And, I mean, it was cute for the time. I don't, I don't ever regret my style choices. But I'm like, dang, I really that did me. that. Like, cheer bows, small <laughs> bows, little bows, huge bows, fabric, every day. Every color, every print, cheetah print, all of that. <laughs> oh my god! I'm here for it.
1: Look, that's like that. Isn't that the scrunchy <laughs> thing, like a TikTok thing now?
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I used to draw <laughs> bows over my name. Like when I wrote my name, like since I have the ends, <laughs> I put like bows on the on the ends. I branding that was branding.
1: <laughs> branding <For> real, <laughs> <a> marketing
3: <laughs> marketing genius. I love that.
2: For me, it was the same thing with the thin eyebrows. I went through a phase where I was wearing like too much eyeliner, and it wasn't—it wasn't wasn't a look at all.
1: Yeah, it was the sheer tops. Yeah, the funny Mm -hmm. thing with eyeliner is I wasn't even allowed to wear eyeliner, and I would wear it and act like my parents couldn't tell I had it on. And my mom would be like, "Why you got eyeliner on?" I was like, "What you mean? Like these are just my eyes." (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the whole like bottom of my eyes are like pitch black. I'm I'm dead. dead.
0: But yeah, Mm -hmm. the heat
1: damage the. (laughs) The Ooh, was, like, <laughs> I had an obsession for a minute with like peace signs and I would write peace signs on everything. I would draw them like in art class. I would try to paint them on everything. Like that was also a weird middle school. Like one of those things where you're just like looking back, you're like, what was it that I liked so much about that? I don't mm-hmm. understand. <laughs> but anyways, speaking of past makeup trends and you know, maybe not makeup regrets, but makeup horror stories. We wanted to know a little bit about like getting into our main conversation here. We wanted to know a little bit about like how did you get into makeup? Were you like allowed to use it early on? And what were like some of the first products you remember using?
3: Yeah, so like my mom got me my first makeup kit when I was three years old. So it's like always been a thing. I never had that phase where it was like, my mom said I can't wear makeup. I'd be like, what? Mm. Why'd you say that? But Mm -hmm. yeah, so I've always had makeup. But I really didn't start getting into it, like seriously, till like junior year, sophomore year of high school. But of course, you know, before then I dabbled. Some Mm. things I remember, (laughs) I I definitely remember playing. Like I had a very, very bright blue eyeshadow look when I went to a family reunion once. We have pictures of me, my grandma (laughs) in it. And it was just like super blown out. And it just, (laughs) uh, those were the days. Mm, I definitely (laughs) remember doing the baby lips. Days from Maybelline. So, when all the people were doing their Target yes. haul on YouTube, they're like, mm-hmm. Look at all the stuff I just bought. They will always buy baby lips lip balm. And I had yes. all the flavors. And I hate lip balm. I've always hated lip balm. But I was like, <laughs> I have to get all the flavors so that, you know, I can be one of the cool girls and be mm-hmm. on train with the makeup stuff. So, it's just been a wild ride, <laughs> like a <laughs> lifetime ride. Yeah. That's cute. Did you have any people you like looked up to in the beauty
2: industry? Like, whether that was on YouTube or bloggers, even like in your family, did you grow up with like a lot of women who wore makeup?
3: Ironically, no. So like nobody really does makeup in my family. I have a cousin mm-hmm. now who is a beauty influencer. So she just got into makeup. But like my mom, she's chapstick and mascara Twitter. Like she does not do <laughs> <get makeup. laughs> She's just really into uh, the more stereotypically girly things. And it just worked for me because, hey, I like makeup. She's like, well, how much is right. first makeup? in your three, blah, blah. blah but really in my life no but I've I've always looked up to like Alyssa Ashley and Jackie Aina. those are like people that I remember Mm -hmm. and you know some of the older influencers have phased out and they've left um (laughs) but definitely Michelle Fawn that that phase Mm. I was there back then way back way way back showing
1: my (laughs) face so I love that like it really comes full circle I'm sure you I've watched Jackie Ina too not knowing nothing about makeup and like not really having any interest in like beating my face, but still wanting to know. And I was like, let me go buy like the the BB creams and then this, that, and the third. But like now that you sort of have come full circle and are an influencer, I'm sure that's like a quite the feeling, which we'll get into. But first, we really wanted to know where did the name Raggedy Royal come from? How did you come up with this? Give us like, a teeth. What was the inspo behind it? When did you know that like, this is my brand?
3: (laughs) Okay. So, um, Eleanor at Snitchery now, she was Trashy Princess, right? That was her at name. And I always liked how ironic it was, but I was like, I want something with alliteration because I don't know. I just like alliteration. I also wanted something (laughs) that was easy to spell and say, like, I didn't want any underscores. I didn't want any numbers. I didn't want any periods, none of that. I wanted to be able to say it out loud. Somebody be like, okay, I got it. So the last two criteria, they don't work because people cannot spell Raggedy Royal and they cannot say it. They cannot pronounce it. They always say Ragged Royal, Ragdoll. They just say anything. But that was my thought process. (laughs) I was like, okay, Raggedy Royal, alliteration, easy to spell, allegedly, easy to say. (laughs) And it's ironic. So that's why I came up with it. I can't use Martin Brown because everybody took that. So I was kind of out of luck. (laughs) Literally the story of my
2: life. Being named Lauren Ritchie, it's like whenever I Google myself, well, not that I Google myself we're gonna include me, gotta expose myself, but whenever you type my name in, it's basically just a lot of like British white women. Yes. Just, that's it. Just white Lauren.
3: women, all, like, all the Lauren Brown handles. And at one point I wanted to buy Lauren Brown handle. Mm. And it's just like, now I'm like, well, now I'm regular. Like it's, we're too far gone. But I deep. really <laughs> didn't want it for a second. Love now. <laughs>
2: But you are, like, really, really young, which we think is something that's so, so cool about this. Like, you just turned 19. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, thank you know, you, a Leo, Leo
3: queen. Leo queen. Hey. Leo queen. <laughs> I love that for
2: you. I'm a cancer, so, I mean, kind of I have a lot of cancer in my chart. Okay. okay. I, I love that. Yeah. I'm a Leo, um, what's it called? Rising. I'm a cancer rising. Here Period. We are. Yeah. Period. It's the, it's the same name, too. Yeah. You're right here with it. I feel it. But, what we wanted to know was, like, you've had such like a successful like, career at such a young age. So what do you think has been your greatest accomplishment that you've had such like thus far?
3: Ooh. Greatest accomplishment.
2: Mm. It could be anything from like a makeup look that made you like step outside your comfort zone, like a milestone in terms of followers, whatever feels like, you know, that moment when you were like, damn, I'm really, I'm really doing the damn thing. year. <laughs>
3: I think when I launched my collaboration with Lash Scoop, yes. it like when it sold out immediately, I was like, "Wow, that was kind of cool. That was a rush. We should do this again sometime." <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely it.
1: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I honestly, mm-hmm. that lash—I've never bought no lashes in my life. I'm not like I'm a. I guess I'm part of mascara and chopstick Twitter, but like not only because I'm lazy. <laughs> I would love. <laughs> to be my face one day but low-key like you are so like uh, you are literally a trendsetter and I don't I'm sure mm-hmm. you know this so we don't got to tell you but it's like it blows me away that <laughs> their their world of makeup artists is so saturated and still like you are able to push the boundaries and like to make a new look that the world is like ooh, like I'm gonna go recreate that which is always makes me like so excited like whenever I see a butterfly I look I'm like there she goes so I'm very <laughs> excited for you. But um, I guess that for, for people like me who want to know, like, what is something that you swear by? Like, what is one step in your makeup routine that you like will not skip or like one staple product that you can't live without if you had no others?
3: Ooh. okay. If I could not live, if I couldn't have anything else, staple product, <laughs> clear eyebrow gel. And I'll tell you why. Here's the thing about staple products. If I say I want a foundation as my staple product, then I'll just be wearing foundation. Like, I can't put anything on top of it. Now I'm just sitting there mm-hmm. with foundation on my face. <laughs> that's like all the other things. But clear brow gel, you don't need anything else to have clear brow gel on. And it makes your eyebrows look, stay in place, makes them look nice. It makes you look clean. So that's why mm-hmm. I would to do clear brow gel. Mm, I feel yeah. that. I, I feel like it's my eyebrows way. for me, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? My eyebrows are definitely like my
3: most important
2: thing in my face because I notice that like my face. eyebrows aren't done, I look a hot mess. So, like, if I just step out, if I can only do one thing, it's the brows. It's the brows for me. Definitely. But I think it's so cool that you, you know, one of my favorite things about you as, like, a beauty influencer or as, you know, a a makeup artist, beauty guru, whatever you want to call it, is that you're not afraid to step out of the box and, like, you know, play with colors or, you know, create these looks. And I love that creativity so much from you because I feel like, you know, the beauty industry can be really like saturated but i love the fact that you know you're bringing something new to the table which we don't see all the time so that was me hyping you up that was the <laughs> question but yeah. yeah but what i want to know is where does this inspiration come from so when you're doing these you know really really cool looks where
3: what's fueling this so most of the times when i have like my best looks the inspiration was me messing up so i'll mm-hmm. try to do a look and then I'll get like if I showed the looks that I was trying to do and then the look that actually came out as you'd be like well <laughs> where it went wrong where did it go wrong that's how like my best looks come up come about because what happens is I'll start a look and I'll be like okay I just want to do say I want to do a purple cut crease and then the next thing you know I'm doing it and I'm like well what if we added a little coral and then what if we <laughs> blue in the wing and that's how it happens and I try to draw the wing the wings messed up and I'm like okay but what, what if we made it like a a zebra print. And that's, that's really where, it, where it comes from. Every single time so people say like, where do you find your inspiration? I'm just like mistakes, like you no know, <laughs> mistakes as I go along.
1: That's dope. I would, I wish that when I messed up my wings, it would become some like game changing <laughs> makeup mistake, but that's amazing. And sort of like keeping in the, the vein of, you know, so many of your looks being so creative and like boundary pushing and like Also, almost always sort of leading to like a wave of just hundreds of other makeup artists, like recreating them, attempting them. Do you ever feel like any pressure to consistently have to like reinvent something or like to come up with something new? Or how do you feel inspired like when, if and when a creativity block hits?
3: Definitely. I think when it comes to creativity block, one of my favorite thing to do is series. So say, for example, I don't know what I want to do. I'll just take an old look and just do it every single color until I figure out something else to do. Cause then it's like, Oh, they look all, they look different. That's why when people start out wearing makeup, I always tell them no more thing to do is just master one technique and do it over mm. and over again other ways. Cause it'll look different. So that's definitely like one of my main things when it comes to creative block, but like makeup is kind of like my, my love, my hobby. So I really don't run into a lot of those because I don't look at it as like work. I don't look at like, Oh, we have to go do a look. If I don't have a look idea, I'm not gonna go sit down and do a look like I don't have to do that. I, I'm, that's not what I'm gonna do today. Right. So I don't really run into a lot of those when I do. Just switch up the colorways, or always get inspired by other artists. Mm, here you.
2: Good stuff. I feel inspired. I feel <laughs> like I'm ready to leave. Mascara and lip balm, Twitter. Love that. <laughs> but yeah, maybe not you. yet. But I'm, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> but I think shifting gears a little bit, something that. Again, we mentioned how young you are, but you're also doing this while you're in college. Impressive. Mm-hmm. So I want you to tell us more about Howard. I would love to hear all about, said you're studying marketing, mm-hmm. what do you want to do, why did you choose Howard? Just, you know, give give us the full rundown, basically. Okay. Stay in
3: your school. <laughs> so... Oddly enough, I did not want to apply to Howard at all. Um, I didn't want to go to an HBCU. So let's just start there. It's not that I didn't want to go to HBCU, but I was one of those kids that was like, I want to go to an HBCU. This is the type of school I want to go to. Because everybody around me who wanted to go to HBCU, they wanted to go because they didn't feel in touch with their black side or they didn't know a of black history. That's why they wanted to go to HBCUs. I'm mm-hmm. from DC. I went to a majority black. Like I, I've been around a lot of black people, so I didn't feel that. So I was like, okay, well, maybe right. I don't. I don't need that as much as everybody else needs it. So I was like, okay, moving on. <laughs> I'm not going to apply to Howard, but a lot of my family is Howard. And so like my mom has a degree from Howard. So she was like, just humor me, apply and just humor me. So I'm like, okay, you're paying for it anyway. So whatever, I'll apply. <laughs> <laughs> so I applied to Howard and then I, my dream school was Cornell. So Cornell was like, we can't accept as many people in the hotel school. We have to defer you for a year for our, like our mm-hmm. program. I was in hospitality. Hospitality is like my main thing which nobody really knows because now the makeup thing is kind of like <laughs> been a thing. But they have a hotel school. So I was like, OK, I want to go to the hotel school. And they were like, we'll defer you for a year. You have to go somewhere else. So I'm like, well, where am I about to go for a year? Right. I, in D. C. I live in D.C. Mom was like, we'll just go to the Accepted Students Day and just like just go see. <laughs> and now I'm in my third year at Howard. Um, <laughs> And so I'm a marketing major. Howard has been, let me see. Howard has been like the best of times and worst of times. (laughs) So, you know, I, I'm not really been to school naturally. Like I'm just not like I've always excelled at school, but I'm not like a, oh, yay school. But I've definitely learned (laughs) this semester, like how to fall in like, not fall in love, but fall in like with school and figuring things out. Howard, I've definitely been involved a lot on campus, so I've met a lot of like my best friends, and joined different organizations, like and found different passions and different things that I hate. That's that's also part <laughs> of it. Um, so yeah, Howard has been a learning experience for these last three years. I only have three semesters left after this one, so wow, up for here, hopefully. You?
1: <laughs> Period. That's first of all, congratulations Thank on you. being in your third year on. On all of the things that you do. I like, did I'm not think I would away. be here. Girl, <laughs> girl, listen, and, and especially in COVID, like we know it's hard. Zoom University, I don't know, is Howard in person or?
3: No, we are We are all online. Yeah, right.
1: Okay, so Zoom University, we also can relate. It sucks. It's literally the worst, but you, I'm glad that you found a way to be in like with it. That's beautiful. Um, You kind of touched a little bit on our next question that we had planned, but what were some of your like, Favorite and least favorite things about college in general, but maybe Howard specific
3: mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Favorite things. So when I was younger, I never did sleepovers. Like that was just not a thing that our parents like us do. But it's kind really? of like a sleepover every day <laughs> in college. <laughs> because like all my <laughs> friends are in the same building as me. So definitely I'm a night owl. Like I'll stay up till 6 a.m. I don't, that's just me. So just mm-hmm. be able to have like friends, not on call, but like always having friends around. That's definitely one of my yeah. Things, uh, some of the things I've been like involved with on campus also plays into that. So like the pageants, like Howard does pageants, pageants, Bible study, you know, being an undergraduate student assembly, like working with events, those have mm-hmm. been things. Like those memories have been something that have been my favorite. I think my least favorite thing is usually like administrative things, like not being told that we're going to be online till last minute or not being mm-hmm. told this, not being told that. Those are like my least favorite thing about college and I think like that's not only a higher problem but it's also college because capitalism you know how that plays into things so that's really the structure for me Mm -hmm. that I don't like Mm -hmm. but other than that like socially Mm -hmm. I enjoy college you know (laughs) I'm ready to get out of college though I'm I'm tired of college I didn't I'm done but it's cute cute. that was me freshman year I feel like
2: the first couple weeks before class started just felt like a really cool summer camp and I was, I was proof of the vibes, you know, like socially, like you said, it's like a sleepover all the time. Your friends are so close by. And then like classes actually started. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm not a fan of this anymore. I want to go home. But I feel like we can relate to a lot of things you said. And in addition, you mentioned before that you don't really see, you know, being a beauty guru, beauty influencer as a job or as work. But in terms of, you know balancing school and balancing this does it ever get stressful or does it take up a lot of your free time basically what does that balance look like for you trying to do those two things
3: the scale is doing the cha-cha slide okay so the scale <laughs> is, there is no balance um, because it's a lot more than people like think like it seems like okay you do the makeup you post the pictures but it's so much more and i think that the so much more is what makes it feel like work like doing the makeup itself I was going to do that anyway, okay? But mm-hmm. then you have to make the captions. So I have to figure out every single pro- makeup names are so long. I have to go find out what name, what shade, because if I don't, then everybody's going to harass me in the comments and be like, well, why didn't you put it? So I might as well just mm-hmm. be right. Got to research your hashtags. You got to po- figure out what time your posting time is. You got to answer all your DMs. You got to answer yeah. all your emails. You got to answer all your mentions on Instagram and Twitter. You got to men- answer all your story mentions film the TikTok, post the TikTok, write the caption for the TikTok. Like there's so many different things that the administrative part is like the hard part. So that's the part that's kind of hard to balance. But this year, luckily, like my Monday, Wednesday, Friday are freer. So I've been learning how to like do the looks on Monday, edit on Wednesday, and then like Friday do anything that, you know, you have to do. But it it takes a lot of time to figure out a schedule because the algorithm is going to change. So as soon as you figure out what you like and what works, like, for example, TikTok came about. TikTok wasn't a thing like last year for me. Right. Yeah. So you got to learn
1: it and like quickly be like, oh, I've been doing this forever, right? Exactly.
3: Now I have a whole other platform that I have to, you know, communicate with people on. I didn't start doing YouTube till January. So it's like that throws in. There's a lot of different things changing and like, Right. You know, what time you post is a lot of different changes. So there really is no balance, but you just try to like, keep your head above water as much as possible yes. and then post your art. <laughs> so one follow
1: up question is like, I know you posted, I think, like maybe a couple of weeks ago about the algorithm. And I'm just curious, like because I can relate like whenever I post and I'm like, this is the best thread I've ever made or like this is the best like, content I'm putting out. Like I've really worked on this for hours. And then I go back an hour in and look, and it's like 100 likes, and it's like, what? <laughs> what just happened? So I'm curious, like, what has happened? Like, do you think that? And we're gonna get into it a little bit later, but like, what is your experience with like sort of learning the sort of like actual technical skills of like posting on each individual's platform standards been like? Has it been tough?
3: Um, yeah, I say be tough, and it's also way tougher for Black artists. Like, that's a whole thing. So it's been tough to learn the technology, but it's tougher to keep up with like yourself. If that makes sense. So keeping up with yourself, like I know for a fact, when I post the most basic looks, it always gets the most love. At first, I used to infuriate me. I used to be like, I worked so hard on this colorful cut, like all of this. But sometimes people like the simpler look. So learning what you like—that's always most important to me. So if I don't have—if I don't like the look, it's not getting posted. So I don't care mm. I mean, if I don't like it. But also learning, like, the technology of how can I promote the look that I love the most to get the most love? Like, you want to give it the right. best rollout possible so that it can get mm. the love that it needs. And then also, what do the people like? People I say don't care about what people like, but like, no, you gotta know this <laughs> <laughs> is your audience. You know, caring at least a little bit about what sort of things they like. So I've just recently like changed over from posting a video and a picture to a carousel, which is like the slideshow on Instagram. I thought that was mm. a terrible idea. From a marketing standpoint, I was like, this would be so stupid. But I asked the ragdolls and they were like, no, carousels. And they've been supporting it ever since. So you just learn like, you okay, I'm not yeah. always right. Yeah, let me adjust. Mm. Mm. How much does the marketing stuff that you're learning and how are
2: in school play into how you, I guess, approach branding for raggedy?
3: I, I just abbreviated it to raggedy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> All the time, it's fine. Um, I'd say it has like an advert, like a, an opposite. But maybe because I'm just a junior, so I haven't really got into like major, major stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like I think more about Raggedy Royal in school than thinking about what I learned in school for Raggedy Royal. And mostly because right, like social media is a new thing. Like marketing majors in the past have not been looking at social media influencing as they are now. Right. Mm -hmm. It didn't exist. So a lot of things like negotiating with brands and all these different things. Nobody's talking about that at school because that's not in the curriculum from Mm 1970s, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) So definitely having to like switch back and forth between, okay, marketing in a hospitality sense or a hotel or corporate sense. And then also how to get the most attention and, and money from brands when you're promoting their advertisements on this hand so yeah I wish they merged more but it
1: is (laughs) I totally feel that like it's tough when because I'm also kind of interested in studying like media and pop culture from kind of a sociology standpoint but also like a communication standpoint and it's like when you finally are taught about socio which is like maybe once in a blue moon it's like it's like no this is not even how people use the internet like this is not like if I went and posted this it's gonna flop, and you know Not what I mean. Like, it's like the, all the techniques that are like professional, and like all of these like hour long web webinars or whatever they call them. It's just like it doesn't for a second. I fell into like maybe I should be like lifting those up, or like maybe I should be like learning from those. And I'm just like when I do, I'm like, no, we know how we use the internet, and it's like I think it's probably a beautiful thing. I'm presuming for you also that like a lot of your followers look like you and like use the internet in the same way that you do. So. It's interesting when we can like inform our content versus like like you said, those times where we do have to adjust and like make the tweaks from like, okay, maybe what I thought was not <laughs> actually gonna <laughs> perform best. But that's that's amazing that you've been able to figure it out. I hope Howard gets gets what the programming incorporates in social yeah, media behind here. it. <laughs> but um
3: <laughs> everybody across the country, like everybody needs to just include social media marketing in their marketing yeah. courses. Cause it's not like, it's not just Howard, but that's why a lot of people are making their own mm-hmm. online so they can right. teach courses because the colleges are doing it. So it's a it battle is. of money. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not in it at all. It's I, fun to watch.
1: <laughs> I guess on another note, um it's like you, like we mentioned a couple times throughout this episode, you created two. Major, like major beauty trends with the butterfly eye look and the colored lash trend. And what I'm most kind of curious about is like, for me, I, in the past, I've experienced like, I'll post a thread and then like a verified or like established media platform will like go repost it in their own, well, not repost, but like post their own. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just right. Rewrite so it. I'm kind of curious, like, have you ever dealt with any major like influencers or brands sort of picking up your ideas or like taking it and what was that like
3: yes and that is another thing that really affects the black artist mm-hmm. community the most and it's like of course it sounds like that but you, when you watch it like blatantly uh, a lot of my like black co we're not co- <laughs> co-workers but you know our my mutuals it all happens to us. So, like, I've had a brand who has sent me stuff, has my address, post somebody doing the exact replica of the eyeshadow, like the, the um, color lash look, the exact right. same steps. I'm like, I know y'all follow you me. You could have just repost. <laughs> you know who I am. Like, that sort of thing happens all the time. And then people will do the butterfly. And honestly, I don't get in people's face about crediting anymore. Because you don't got to, because you already don't. know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I just don't do it anymore. I, don't, I hate going back and forth. Like, I'm not about to argue with you. But the worst thing is when people act, like, obtuse. When they're like, no, I made this myself. It's an exact replica. You follow me and you <laughs> like the picture. And you comment it. Explain it. they are like, I've never seen it before. <laughs> like, yes, they you have. Unlike. That's what I really like. Yeah, they go, I like it. Like, I saw you. Like, I know you saw it. And It is really nothing to, like, credit people. That's a really big thing in the beauty industry the whole crediting conversation. Well, I don't have the credit. Why do you have the credit? Where do you put in the caption? Rah, rah, rah. So I think that it's unfortunate, but like if I spend all my time, you know, focusing on people who like recreating my looks, I'd probably have a stroke because it's just it happens so much. And but it really bothers me when brands do it because it's like- You should know better. You had, the opportunity, you had the opportunity to boost somebody in such a big way to your audience or even pay them. And you just decided, no, I don't know her anymore. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to know you anymore, I guess. I guess we're breaking (laughs) up.
2: On the topic of that a little bit too, something that I've noticed recently is, I guess in the recent months with like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, there has been kind of, I guess a movement per se, I don't know what else to call it, to like amplify black creators. So there've been a lot of brands who will like reach out to, you know, like black creators and try to like, yeah. you know, do a brand and be like, we're diversifying ourselves or whatever. And like, I guess I kind of wanted to get your opinion on that because I've experienced it like for me personally within like the environmental sphere where like these brands will reach out. we be like, we want you to represent this, but like you would have never reached out to me before and now you're doing it kind of because you feel like you have to. So how do you strike that balance between like, oh yeah, I'm really, you know, happy to like, you know, be getting these opportunities, but also like this isn't genuine because you're kind of trying to tokenize me right now. So have you experienced that at all? Or like, what has that these past few months really been like as a creator during this time?
3: Uh, it's been so interesting. It's been <laughs> peculiar. I use that word. It's been very peculiar. Because brands are, I think one thing that's kind of hard for a creator is when you are emailing these brands all the time, you're always interacting with them. You think that you have a relationship. And I feel like these last couple of months have showed everybody we do not have a relationship. You are still a million dollar business and you, at the end of the day, don't care about me or people who mm-hmm. look like me. So I think it's been very interesting when brands do the like tag your favorite black makeup artists. And it's like, you should already have black makeup artists on your roster. Somebody gets paid to do this. You, are, you have a social media manager, which means that you should be looking through tags. You shouldn't, right. this shouldn't be a search. You shouldn't be searching for And your for audience shouldn't have to tell you. They exist. <laughs> yeah, you just look like open your eyes and look and then using uh people like okay for example i don't want to be the darkest person on any page i don't want to be the darkest person on any brand trip i don't like i i don't count like i count but i don't really count when it comes to the skin tone Mm -hmm. representation because at the end of the day i still have uh foundations that say like bare beige or dark beige so that doesn't exist for me like i don't i also don't like that when brands are trying to say we'll do the the least Mm -hmm. amount of work so we're not going to expand our foundation line, but we're going to get Lauren, who's a black girl, to show it off. So she would have the black. I don't I don't I don't count. You know, I don't I don't count. I don't think that well in terms, in terms of skin tone. Like, I don't think that I'm a good representation. I think that's very lazy. So it's been very weird. And then they're like, we love black artists. They posted us for like a week. That was cute. Um, never again <laughs> never again that was one week in june that was like yay everybody's getting followers everybody's you know getting reposted and then everybody just unfollowed and just stopped posting so it's been weird it's been very strange peculiar, over here peculiar you know, yeah. the side world we're living in mm-hmm.
1: i guess sort of like in mm-hmm. that same vein as someone who is both like one who pushes the makeup culture and also like consumes it in that you still have to buy the products or like, hopefully, hopefully you get sent them. I hope you get sent them, but at least, (laughs) but like as someone who still is like, look, using the products that exist in the world and like sort of pointing your followers to different brands. And like, you know, if you post a lip liner, like girls are going to buy that. So I'm kind of curious, like with that, like with the critique in mind of like the brand response to the Black Lives Matter movement and like the sort of temporary support of black artists and beyond like what critiques do you have of the, the beauty industry and like what improvements would you want to see from them
3: this is a this is a double-edged sword because wait first let me talk about like the first thing you said so it's kind of hard as a black creator because when it comes to these brands it's like yes you want to boycott them because you're not supporting our people however people still have to eat and that was the kind of the whole thing with tiktok when everybody was like well we're all getting off tiktok But TikTok has been like one of the best platforms for black artists. So it's like, wow, it's kind of hard and unfair that we have a moral, you know, we have a moral thing where we want to boycott, but also the white people are the white influencers are still going to get their money. They're still going to be, they're still going to get theirs. So it's a little hard, but I think that navigating it as like a moral conscious, I try not to, I don't support brands that I don't like, I don't show off brands that I don't support. So like. I don't talk about them. I don't like I don't even like mm-hmm. to bash them because that's free publicity, that sort of thing. So, and yes, people don't understand that that is definitely free publicity. Like just don't even speak on something you don't like. So I think that it's, it's kind of hard because like say the brand is my favorite lip liner and I can't find a lip liner like it, but I just can't wear it because I know if I wear it then somebody's going to ask what it is. I know if somebody asks what it is then a lot of people are going to see it and buy it. So it's to a point where you have to be very, very mindful of where you're sending people to spend their money. Cause they will spend their money. Like you have a a platform to influence. So, I mean, if you have, like, if you, you really mean this, you're not performative. Then it's easy. Like, of course I'm not going to do it, but if you're performative, then it might be a little bit harder to try to keep that. Mm -hmm. The inside scoop into all of the, this is a tea that we (laughs) came
2: here for today. This is what we wanted to get to know. (laughs) Thank you for educating us. But, I think something with thinking about the beauty industry and the critiques, because there are a lot of critiques is also thinking about how you know the role that the beauty industry does play in societal beauty standards, and like you were you know talking about as well the colorism is alive and well, and the diversity that these brands do is you know like the bare minimum or the like lazy type of approach to diversity, but you know recognizing I guess your identity as a black woman in this space in makeup and beauty, have you What has your experience been like in terms of, you know, societal beauty standards and how you play into that? Like, has that ever, I don't know, affected your confidence? And we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, middle school and like those trends that we did. But I know for me personally, like, I was very, very insecure about the way I looked in middle school. And I think a lot of, you know, young black girls experience that. So how has that been for you?
3: Um, it hasn't quite knocked my Mm -hmm. confidence per se. But it has, in a very weird way, made, well, not a weird way, in a good way, made me more, um, what's the word? When you're mm. more aware of, like, what societal beauty standards are. And it's not necessarily on my page, but seeing, like, my mutuals. the thing about the beauty community is mm. it's very close. Like, because we all see each other. We all work for the same brands. We all tweet at the same time. Like, we have group chats on the side. We FaceTime, all those sorts of things. So it it shows me how I benefit in some ways. Like it makes me, un- makes me more aware, which was very unexpected for me because I'm just thinking, I'm just going to do makeup. But everything becomes uh, political and right. systematic. So just seeing like, how I benefit in some ways that other people don't. Like I will benefit, say for example, there's a big stigma around um, acne prone mm. skin. So I, I don't have acne. But just seeing like those sorts of things makes you more aware of like how to treat different people and how, and how to boost those people in different spaces. Cause I would have never thought that that would have been like a huge right. problem. But then when you see on brands pages, they're not posing people acting acne, Ever. brown skin. So now it's like, I'm thinking about myself and like how I, as somebody who doesn't fit in some categories and does fit in others, needs to move in a way to make space for everybody else, if that makes sense. So like, okay, I see that you have black women on your page. <laughs> Yay. But you don't have any black plus side women. So now I'm confused. And figuring out, like, maybe I shouldn't take this deal because maybe a Black plus-size woman needs to be in my space because y'all have seen enough mm-hmm. of me. So it hasn't knocked my confidence, but it has made me more aware of, like, w- what my confidence is rooted in and, like, mm-hmm. where to, to move. That makes yeah.
1: sense. I think, actually, sorry, this is on a totally different vein, but this question also just came to mind for me. Like, as, I one, it's a beautiful thing that you are you have used it to be aware and like, to be thoughtful and intentional about like who you and how you work and move throughout the makeup world. I think that's something that if everybody did, we'd be in a way better place. And if everybody was able to advocate for folks who look like them and maybe don't look like them, that would be really dope. I'm also kind of like moving, switching gears just a little bit is like, how sort of back to the concept of like, you being both a college student, not even 20 years old, and like, having hundreds of thousands of followers, how has the response been from, like, folks in real life? Like, have you, are you recognized when you be rocking across Howard or, like, do people approach you different or, like, move differently around you in the world? Like, what was, what is that like, if if at all, if that shows up in any ways?
3: I mean, I'm sure they do, and I just don't <laughs> notice it. Like, I, I get, I get treated differently. Um, I try not to, like, absorb people's, like, attitudes and what they treat me. I don't really, like, get into that. Because a lot of my friends I had mm. before, like, I had followers. That one was never, like, a, a thing. And I try not to ever, like, bring it up in conversation when I first meeting somebody. Because, one, that's weird. Like, that right. is so weird. Like, <laughs> by the way, I'm Raggy <laughs> We're Like, girl, anyway. So, I really, it doesn't really, like, bleed into, like, how I interact with others, how they interact with me. Because usually it's never a focal point. It's never, like, I'm friends with Raggy Royal. No, you're friends with Lauren Brown. I just happen to do Raggy Royal on, that's, that's like, one of my jobs. That's right. one of the things I do. But it's not. Yeah, not a thing. Um, People in real life, I mean, at first, like my extended family was a little like, hmm, okay. Like, okay, miss (laughs) girl, you, you, okay, you're doing a lot. All right. But I have like really supportive parents and really Mm. supportive family. My mom, like she doesn't play that. Like she doesn't play that at all. Neither does my dad. Like they're not going to come step to me and be like, your makeup (laughs) is real. That's, they're not even going to get a chance to even get to me. So I think that that's also like a privilege in itself, like to have parents who are, very supportive, like buying me my ring lights and, and you know, trying to make sure that people don't. When my mom sees hate comments, she's like, oh, what is what is this? I'm like, I don't care. Like my friends too, they get so mad about hate comments. I'm like, y'all, it doesn't mm. matter. But in person, like I guess at Howard, I do get like recognized. <laughs> I remember freshman year, but I was like, the "girl." Nobody knew my actual name; they just knew I did makeup. And they said, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> her at the face mall over
1: there, look at the girl to be put
3: makeup on." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You're the you're the girl makeup girl." I'm like, "Yes, be. yes, I <laughs> am." <laughs> that is me, but yeah, only Howard and like them all for now. For we'll now, the <laughs> future <laughs>
2: for now. Yeah, and we get outside of mall, <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> we can go outside.
2: Thinking yeah. about like kind of. I guess as we're kind of wrapping the conversation up, um, do you have like a dream collab for you? Like, is there a dream brand that you want to work with a dream? I don't know. Other fellow beauty guru that you want to collab with, like in terms of, I guess the future of your career, like, I don't know. What's the, what's the, what's the highlight? What's, what do you want to achieve?
3: Ooh, I mean, I want to collab with, with all <laughs> the black non-binary people. Uh, I think, I haven't really thought about like who I want to collab with next, but I do think that a Raggedy Royal, you know, nude lip collab would be fantastic. I think that that would be, that would be very, very nice. And, you know, of course, sending it to all my mutuals and PR and it would be everybody's collab, (laughs) but that's probably like on my mind.
1: I'm here for it. And I guess like looking or no, you you just answered it, but like five years from now, Where do you, and and I I hate this question, so it's tough. I know it's tough to answer, but like, if you had to dream of like, in any, if you had any choice of where you'll be five years from now, like, what would be, what would you want to be doing? What would be the same and what would be, hopefully be different?
3: Okay. Five years from now, I'll be out of power. (laughs) I'll be out of power. Um, I hope to have a verification bed by now, which seems kind of shallow until like you're trying to build your pants. You you that. Like that's kind of that's the golden step of approval. Yeah, I hope that you know I continue to educate people, not only on makeup, but just like human mm-hmm. decency, kindness, that sort of thing. And I hope I have more YouTube videos. I hope I know how to edit <laughs> by then. God, I hope I know how to edit by then. But yeah, just more meaningful like collabs with things that I already love, like. You know, jewelry collab with all my piercings. That'd be yes. fantastic. Like, I just want to do the things that I love and, you know, make some money off of them because, you know, we do live we in a society it. where we need this. Yes.
2: Capitalism <laughs> out and about. It's I love so that real. for you. I cannot wait. McKain and I, whenever we have a guest on, we always end and we're just hyping you up, but we want the best for, for you. We want all the success.
0: You know, I believe. <laughs> yeah, so. Let's start. let start. start. I know all
2: about it. But we're so happy for you. We're so proud of you. We hope you achieve. Everything that For you real? want to achieve. Wow. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just so proud. Like, I'm oh like, oh my God. God. It's the cancer rising it's coming God. out now. <laughs> it's, all, it's all coming together. <laughs> so as we bring this entire episode to a close, you know, we like to end our episodes on like a high note, talk about some things that we're loving or that are bringing us joy right now. And I'll go first because it's actually very, very good that you are on this episode because the thing that's bringing me joy right now Is after I get out of quarantine, I'm getting my nose pierced. I I like to hear. I like to hear. McKean has been talking to me about it. I've been kind of hesitant because I'm like, I don't know. What if it doesn't look good? But now I'm just gonna go for it. You know, it's a new day. So that is what's bringing me joy right now. I'm very excited. Can't wait to get out of quarantine so I can like leave my room. But yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. Who wants to go next?
1: Okay, I'll go next. I had to think because it'd be hard sometimes. (laughs) This is a small one and maybe not that exciting, but I had my second day of classes today and I have a class with a, I have a French class. I've taken French since third grade, I think, but I've never had a French Mm -hmm. class with a black professor in my life and never have I ever had a class that didn't focus on France. And I just found the perfect course. It's with a black lady. And we're talking about only, like, Caribbean French-speaking countries. So it just feels like when I walked walked in, when I signed into the Zoom, (laughs) it felt like a hug. You know what I mean? It was just like, wow, like, my people, (laughs) we can speak French, too. So that was nice. That's definitely bringing me some joy right now. How about you, Lauren B? That's
3: good. (laughs) Um. Hmm. I'm really into candles right now. Candles okay. and flowers. Um. I waited for my yeah. Jackie Aina Forever Mood candles to come in, but in the meantime, I've just been buying a whole bunch of different scents. I like to get obsessed with like things for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. So right now it's okay. candles. And go girl! Yeah, I got three burning right now. Where you be buying the candles from? Everywhere, but. I'm learning more about (laughs) black-owned candle companies, which I didn't know was its own subsection. But now I got to play some orders tonight, and I'm like, "Do you have a favorite
2: scent? We don't need to
3: Usually, go for. I love like coconut lime scents, like anything in that that range. But I'm starting to get aromatherapy. So you know, eucalyptus, lavender, all those sorts of things. Yeah, Yeah. it's been a very fun.
1: Are you? You need to get you one of those, like, I've been obsessed with diffusers. It's probably my mom and me, mm-hmm. but like, I know everybody has them, but like, I love an essential oil in a diffuser. I love me some Florida water in mm-hmm. a diffuser. Like, it if sounds, you like Florida stuff. water just sounds good. <laughs> Florida water is like, for real, like I used to be like, what is that? Like, especially when Solange was singing about it, I was like, I don't even know what she's mm-hmm. talking about. But when I finally got some, I was like, I see. So I definitely recommend 10 out of 10, get you some Florida water. Got you. But I guess, you know, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was such a dope conversation. I feel fed. I had a long day with classes. I'm so glad this is like how I'm getting to end it. and yeah like this is just such a pleasure and thank you for joining us thank you for having me This so much fun yay (laughs) we're so happy
2: to have you thank you so much everyone go check her out on instagram at raggedy royal on twitter on tiktok (laughs) on youtube anything else you want to plug i mean she does it all so where else where else can the people find you you everything i covered it all okay very very good (laughs) Um, Yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in today. Also make sure to tune in to next week's episode where McKean and I will be having a conversation with Naomi Wadler, who is so cool. Um, She's a 13-year-old activist who's known for her speech um, at the March for Our Lives, anti-gun violence. She's so cool. I look up to her so, so much. I'm a huge fan. So we cannot wait to talk to her. And yeah, all about her activism work, the causes she's championing, amplifying your stories and voices everything so so cool so
1: that's it yes and in the meantime before then make sure to keep up with us on instagram at black girl blueprint where you can send us any questions or like discussion topics for future episodes or future read the room segments you can also email us at blackgirlblueprint at gmail.com and finally if you like this episode You know, let us know with a little five stars, a little you know, subscribe. (laughs) We would appreciate it very, very much. That's all we got for you. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. 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 (laughs)